welcome to the Record Celtic Podcast. I'm Graeme Young and today I'm joined by Gavin Berry and Anthony Haggerty to discuss all the latest from Celtic Park. On the pod today, we review the comprehensive Champions League win over Nomi Kaldrew. We look ahead to tougher tests to come with Kluge, Line and Weight. We're also talking transfers and the latest in Kieran Tierney's Celtic future. Plus we look ahead to the Premiership opener against St Johnson and make predictions for the season ahead. How are we, gents? Gav, I believe you're in Tallinn Airport now in Estonia. I'm, um, yeah, I'm just waiting for my first of two flights back home after the game last night. So, glad to touch base with you. No, excellent. It's a uh, perfect person to speak to, obviously, you were at the game last night. So, the tie against Norway couldn't have gone much better for Celtic. What's your big takeaways uh, from the two legs? Well, from the two legs, um, well, it was a convincing win. The job was really done. Um, I think it was always going to be difficult last night. I suppose the players that you know that mindset when you know the job's done, Neil Lennon then makes exchanges. Um, but I thought it was. I mean, they completely controlled the game, got that early on goal, and then after that, I think. I mean, the second half maybe a little bit slack at times. That led to a few chances for Nomi. But having said that. It's always going to be likely to happen. It's hard to keep that concentration and focus, you know, when you know in the back of your mind um, that the job's done. And really, to be honest, after the first leg, the 5-0, it was always going to be about the next round and who they would face. And of course, we now know that that's Kludge. And that's clearly going to be a big step up in class because the Estonians were no great shakes. I would argue they were probably poorer than the Sarajevo side that Celtic beat in the first qualifying round. So it's now about getting ready for that next qualifier. In terms of the positives last night, I thought Oliver and Cham was probably the standout success. You know, he came in for his first start of the season since he came out with those comments when he was in international duty about being too good for Scottish football. That earned him a dressing down from Neil Lennon well he was certainly uh, too good for Estonian football last night wasn't he Gav he was, he was certainly too good for that absolutely <laughs> he, was, he was a cut above everyone in the park and I think I mean fair play to him because after he had that dressing down from Neil Lennon um, you know his attitude could easily you know he could easily just have taken the half you know but um, to be fair I thought you know he produced an excellent performance who knows what his motivation is it was either to keep Neil Lennon happy or maybe it was, you know, maybe he's still looking for that move away from Celtic Park. And if that is the case, certainly anybody watching, albeit against mediocre opponents, would ha- couldn't fail to be impressed with him. It says a lot about his mindset, Gav, though, that he did put in a performance like that, you know, in what was basically a dead rubber. As you say, there's all, you were always told when you were playing football, there's always somebody watching. So they'll be impressed with with his mindset and to put in a decent performance. And as you say, even addressing down from Neil Lennon won't have done him any harm because if he wants away, he's going to have to turn up and play to show people that he's got something to offer. And if he stays at the club and he performs like that, then he could force his way back into the, the fold, you know? Oh, well, absolutely. I mean, on that evidence, you would. I mean, they would certainly have given Neil Lennon some. I mean, although Neil Lennon was dropping loads, you know, mm-hmm. many key players that you would, yeah. you would assume would automatically just kind of walk back into the team, guys like Forrest McGregor and all that. But I mean, watching Cham last night, you know, you would think that, that would have given Neil Lennon a bit of food for thought, you know, when he's picked the strongest team. Definitely. Thinking yeah. more towards Kludge. Yeah, that's interesting, Gav, as well, because last night could have been just here's an opportunity to keep him ticking over, but he played so well, and I think people remember how good and Cham can be when he's at his best that he's, he's oh, put well, himself in the right yeah. mix hasn't he for next week 
yeah, that, that's the key thing. What you say when he's at his best, because I, mean, I think it was clear from last season, pretty early on, from when Neil Lennon replaced Brendan Rodgers, you know that he, he never really kind of fancied him that much. Um, and it's all about consistency, you know. I mean, it's getting that consistency, getting that out of him every week. And because I mean, if, if he was able to turn on that kind of performance every single week, you know, you, you would be talking about the fourteen million pound that he's rated. Well, he was the same guy that scored the winner in the first Rangers game of the season last season, you know. So, but it all went drastically downhill after that, you know. But yeah, he kind of peaked with that performance because. That was when everyone was saying this guy's worth, you know, fourteen million quid, you know. So you, I don't, you don't know what's yeah. happened in the interim, you know. But you don't lose your ability to play football, you know. You just no. Maybe your head goes some goes somewhere else. Yeah, you know? yeah. Because you think back to some of the, you know, I'm thinking back to that one 0 defeat, you know, Ibrox. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, he just wasn't on it that day, you no. know. You just wonder about in games like that, you know, like he's got to, you know. You've really got to be up for it yeah. there when you're getting harassed and all that. I mean, it's fine when you've got time on the ball. I mean, that's the thing about last night. I mean, if we keep making that point, you know, he wasn't really up against much. So yeah. that's when he's going to be able to spread it about a bit. And yeah. that's not always going to be the case. And he's going to have to do the other side of the game as well. Yeah. I think the one interesting thing as well, you, you, you touched on it there, Gavin, but Neil Lennon maybe not fancying in Cham. A couple of Cham's uh-huh. worst performances for Celtic uh, were defeats at Easter Road when Lennon was a manager. Lennon found a way to kind of get and cham off his game get players round about and a lot of that was to do with guys like John McGinn at the time but it kind of maybe shows that Lennon even before he came back into the job he'd experienced playing against them so it wasn't as if it was he was guaranteed to be the kind of star going forward but on his days he's, he is a better player than near Beaton as much as Beaton's come back in and uh, shown his abilities there's definitely a chance there for and cham to be the player to play alongside McGregor and Brown next week it's got to be hasn't it? yeah yeah, oh, definitely, yeah, because, I mean, definitely that advanced, you know, that advanced role last night, you could yeah. see he was just finding wee pockets of space and uh, just so intelligent, to be honest. I mean, like, he's 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 a piece of skill for the opening goal, you know, when he, before he released Mikey Johnson. I mean, it's just a great, it's just a touch of class, to be honest, and that's what he's got. Oh, he's a French number 21 international, so, I mean, those caps don't come lightly. So from one classy operator to another, I want to talk about, about uh, seven million man Christopher Julian. Uh, he looked good last yeah. night. Uh, one thing, I know you spoke to him after the game, Gav. Uh, he seemed mm-hmm. a confident type of guy, doesn't he? He's, he's, he's definitely got belief in his own abilities. And I was impressed uh, by his ability Sorry. to kind of talk to teammates last night. He was he, The whole game, oh. he, he was marshalling people what? through the game. That was the thing, you know, you take your words out of my mouth. That was one thing he did notice last night, just how vocal he was, you know, and... Uh, I mean, for you know, especially for somebody who's just come in, you know, it's, it shows a confidence, you know. And then he was talking in the interview after the game last night as well about how much he's been talking to his teammates off the park because obviously that central defence is a position where you have so much responsibility. So he knows that you know the communication is key. Um, but yeah, no, no, I thought it was good. But again, I suppose we have to say not up against very much. He looked quite commanding. And I don't think we could ignore the fact either that in the second half when Celtic did sort of switch off a bit and, you know, Nomi got um, a few chances, you know, they did kind of get in behind him on a few times. I thought, you know, he was maybe slack on a couple of occasions. So, but you need to remember that as his first, and that's his competitive debut. So, I mean, we can't, you know, you can't be too harsh on him. You've got to, these guys have got to get time to get up to speed. But the problem is here is that as we're stepping up in class a bit, there isn't really that, you know, you don't get that time. You know, you don't get that time. So, I mean, you can't afford to 
be sloppy next week. You know, That's when they go to Romania, you can't afford to do that. I think so, he was but, saying but, that to you, Gav, was it kind of in the interview that you spoke to him afterwards and he was kind of saying... Uh-huh. He, he was aware of that, wasn't he? Because you know he was, he was playing there in a team that was six 0 up and cruising. You know, you see they gave, mm-hmm. they gave away a couple of chances, and I don't care. You're only human. If you're six nothing up, you don't want yeah. you don't want to do it. It might jeopardise you moving forward. You know, you get no. a, a daft tackle or something in the game that's well and truly done and dusted. But even Julian admits that they'll have to improve against Clues, and if they want to be in amongst the big boys, they'll, they'll have to drastically improve. You know. Yeah. So he's well aware of that, and he is. He's saying the right things at the moment, and, and as you see, he's only played that's his first game in, in a wee while, so you can only judge yeah. that so far. But I think no, exactly. to tighten up himself, and oh, yeah. you know, the communication things are really good things. A lot of guys come and they're kind of overawed by it, but he seems to yeah. be saying a lot and doing a lot, you know. He's so, bold as brass, he's yeah. got something about him, he's, know, got, he's, a, he's got, got an, aura, an aura and a presence, and he, and he is a big commanding guy, or he looks a big commanding guy off park. So you certainly want to play that yeah. ball in the park, you know? Yeah, and what is that? I mean, it really is a, it's a big ball, really. The fact that him and Jozo Sumunovic are suspended for Saturday's league opener mm-hmm. uh, against St. Johnson because after playing together last night, what Neil Lennon would have wanted to do is give them another outing on Saturday yeah. and then that way, you know, they've got another 90 minutes together before they go to Romania. Yeah. I mean, it's so unfortunate uh, that, you know, Jozo gets a daft red card in a pre-season friendly and then Julian's suspension is carried over from France when he, I mean he admitted last night that it was a it was a meaningless end of season game where he picked up a yellow card they couldn't even remember what it was for yeah. but how costly that has proven to be um, yeah. I think that I think that is a big deal and it's, uh, it's preparation is key getting into Romania isn't it exactly Clu- Clu's so are, as you say a step up in class and remember mm-hmm. that I touched on the podcast last week that Petrescu was the manager of Rose Cheney when they came to Ibrox and turned Rangers over you know so he was he'll have them well drilled he'll have them well organised and regardless of yeah. what you think or you you, what you think you know about Romanian football they'll be decent you know oh, they'll be, be decent more, no doubt. more than decent you know yeah but I mean this is the case every single season I mean we, we, we know that now and yeah. I mean to be honest we, we think back to the same stage last season where Celtic went out I mean you're looking at AEK Athens you know so um, probably Kluge you would be thinking might be a similar level maybe not yeah. Maybe not quite up there, but that's that's the kind of level you're talking about. Well, you need to be ready. Yeah, of course. The one guy I was hoping to speak about as well, Gav, talking about debut signing and Julian last night, uh, looking at Marion Fed, who also came off the bench, nearly scored his first touch instantly. It was a great little move, well played by Lewis Morgan. But he, he got his goal in the end. And to be for Celtic fans that have been pouring over YouTube footage of this guy, that is what he. That's who he is. He's, he gets the ball and he shoots. It was a fantastic finish, wasn't it? That's what's got. I mean, it's a peach of a goal. It just shows you call. You know, I mean, it's just he's got no fear. I mean, um, you can just tell how much opposition defence are going to hate playing against him. Maybe a wee bit of the kind of Paddy Roberts about him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was an incredible finish, great pace. We spoke, he was another one we actually spoke to after the game as well as Julian. Um, he wasn't as, I mean, we spoke with Julian's confidence and all that. I mean, he was the opposite, but you expect that. I mean, he's much younger, his, his English wasn't as good, but, you know, you can tell he's delighted and scorning. I mean, no, it's nothing, you know, if he could be knocking on the door of a kind of first yeah. team 
for a regular starting slot if he can keep up that kind of form. There was a great tweet last night that a Celtic supporter put out that Sved actually lived up to his billing and scored a goal like the ones he'd scored in his YouTube footage. You know, it was great to actually see that, you know, that he could actually do it, you know. Yeah, exactly. that sometimes uh, it wasn't just something that somebody put together, you know. So Yeah. So, but no, it was, it, it was impressive for the time he was on and, and good, good on him for scoring a, a lovely debut goal and that'll do his confidence the world of good. I think the one player... Yeah, because you look at you look at Scott Sinclair who, I mean, if he hangs around, I mean, it looks clear as if his um, game time is going to be limited but I mean what you can deny with Scott Sinclair even when he has gone off the boil is the amount of goals that he can contribute yeah. so you're going to need that and maybe Shred could be the man that could get you enough double yeah. figures I know Neil Lennon poured cold water over uh, an exit for Sinclair but the emergence of Shred Lewis Morgan's getting game time uh, you've also got Mikey Johnson James Forrest it really does look like Scott Sinclair's time's nearing the end at Celtic doesn't it Gav? Yeah, I know. I would, I would think so. Yeah, um, I mean, he. God, when you think of that first season as well, what a season he had when he got, you know, picked up the Player of the Year, he was absolutely scintillating. And then, and then even though he didn't quite do it, you know, the following season, you know, he's all he has at least always scored. You know, he's contributed goals. You know, and he's a likable guy as well. Um, but yeah, I think it looks to be. Probably the end for him. I think you're right, Gav. It's the prolific nature of his goal scoring. Even when he wasn't contributing, you know, lots of assists or playing well, he could still score goals, you know. And that's something mm-hmm. you see. That, yeah. And maybe Lennon is looking on and thinking, well, Sved can be the man to do that and score goals because his ratio has yeah. not been too bad. So if, it, if it's a like for like, he would take that, you know, but he, he, he can't let Sinclair go before he knows he's got that in his team. You know, he's got a guy yeah. that will score 12 to 15 a season. Because Sinclair's yeah. goal-scoring record, as much as anything else, has to be admired in the time he's been here. Yeah. I think that was quite yeah. interesting there, Gav. Uh, we started talking about Sinclair, and as soon as we did, there was a departure board came up in the background, so that might have been a little omen there. For the sorry, foot. what was that? We're saying, uh, we started talking about Scott oh, Sinclair and the oh, departures sorry, in the background, sorry. so maybe a little omen. Just to turn back to Kluge, guys. Oh, I didn't realise that was coming through. That might be my flight. <laughs> so uh, we'll we just go back to Kluge very quickly. Uh, we've obviously talked there, Tony was talking about Dan Petrescu, he's a really decent manager at this level, he's got experience in this competition but they're an unseeded team but they, they just look dangerous when you're looking everyone Celtic fans are desperate to find out who they could potentially play with Kluge Lurkin in that kind of unseeded side in round one they've managed to navigate a couple of tough ties they were too good for Maccabi Tel Aviv who by all accounts are a decent enough team this is really going to be a challenge for Celtic Celtic probably haven't they've added players like Julian and Bombo uh, and also they've got the new right back to come in from Israel as well so there's players coming in but do you feel Celtic have got yeah. the firepower needed to deal with a team like this? I think they should, yeah. Um, to be honest, I think the result probably came as a bit of a surprise. I think people were, you know, dreading the prospect of playing Maccabi Tel Aviv. Um, and I think even after Cluj won 1-0 in the first leg, I mean, you, you know, you knew there's loads of work still to be done. But to be fair, they've gone over to Tel Aviv and that's, you know, getting that 2-2 two, two draw is a great result for them. Um, but I think if Celtic are going to have, you know, realistic ambitions of reaching the group stage, I don't think we, we can, you know, they're going to be beating teams like Kludge. You know, they, they should be a step above them. But I reiterate what I said earlier, that we probably said the same going into the AK Athens tie last season. Last season, and um, obviously Celtic stumbled there. So, I mean, it's easier said than done. I think they've won two and drawn two of their opening four league games. 
Um, so I kind of stayed there enough starting to sit in fourth in the league. Uh, I think they might be an ageing squad. I had a quick look at their, their squad last night. I think they're kind of ageing. Um, one name that did jump out actually was Ovidu Hoban. Um, pronounce, I'm not sure if that's the right pronunciation, but he actually, he was the guy that scored against Celtic uh, for Hapwell Beersheva and Brendan Rodgers first season. I don't know if you remember the goal. It was a terrible mix-up. Remember, it was a terrible mix-up between Gordon and Sadie Yanko. Sadie Yanko, he was the guy who capitalised on that. So that was one name that kind of leapt out. Um, Look, they'll be solid enough. They will be a step up, but... Celtic have to be taking care of them they really you know I don't think they can start worrying too much about them I totally agree Gavin but scoring two goals in Tel Aviv's no mean feat you know no, no. so that, that's an early shot over the warning bow to Celtic that they, yeah. that they can come uh, away from home and score you know so yeah. you, you're in a Celtic are in a tie I, I totally mm. agree with you that they're, they're in a tie, but again, like you, they should have enough to beat them. But they thought that about IEK Athens last year, and look what happened, you know. Just a little aside here, Gav. Uh, Celtic have played a lot of these Champions League uh, qualifying ties. Uh, it's a home team first, normally it's a home leg first and then going away. This time they're away first and then at home. Do you think that's a hinder or a help? Um. I think it's probably a help, actually. Um, for a, I think it's probably a help because, you know, Celtic with that, you know, once they get the kind of tough one out of the way, first of all, then they'll know, you know, especially with that crowd, the crowd behind the park kid, you all know what that can do. And then they just come back knowing what they have to do. Um, so I think that can help them. What do you think about that tone? As long as you don't get cuffed in the first leg, it's obviously uh, anything's a help. But yeah, I think they'll they'll be happy about that because, as Gavin says there, after the first leg, they'll know exactly what's what's needed, you know. And if it has to be one of those barnstorming nicks at Parkhead to recover the deficit, then so be it. You wouldn't, you wouldn't know them out of being incapable of doing that. But you want to go over there and, and possibly score, you know. And if you score, then I think you're in a driving seat to come back to Glasgow and, and finish it off. So, Gav, if we can quickly turn to both of you to talk a bit about transfers. Money talks and transfers make the world go round, and it's the season for that just now. And the biggest story um, in Scottish football is the future of Kieran Tierney. Uh, he's been one of the best players for Celtic over the last few years, a wildly successful time for the club. But it does appear that a deal's there to be done with Arsenal if the two teams can come to an agreement. Uh, so I'll just ask both of yeah. you do you think we've got eight, nine days left for Arsenal to get the deal done before the window slam shuts down south do you think Kieran Tierney yeah. will join Arsenal this summer? Yeah, yeah I, was just gonna say, I don't think there's any doubt that he will end up there and to be honest um, I think everybody will be kind of relieved when the saga finally comes to an end maybe not even in the Celtic fans but I think they're already probably resigned you know, to lose them anyway we'll just allow them to then move on um, you know we'll get the money in I agree with Gavin. I completely. I just think that it's, uh, Arsenal will finally put up, you know, before they shut up because I think it's a transfer they want to happen. They know the they know the asking price. They will meet it. They've just been trying to get them on the well, cheap as cheaper for, uh, all along. But I think when push comes to shove, they'll they'll finally do a deal with Celtic. And I think Kieran Tierney will be an Arsenal player within a matter of days. And then that would turn if the 
if and when Tierney does move to Arsenal, that gives Celtic a nice transfer boost, um, a nice what, a monetary boost there, to boost, the, boost the coffers to find a new player or new players. Obviously, they've got Mbombo in at left back. That's looks like the man who heir apparent for Tierney. But w- what areas do you think you could see them strengthening, Tony, if they do get added funds before the end of the window? I still think they would need to strengthen the left back area. As much as Bombo looks apart going forward, I, I think everyone's questioning his defensive capabilities, uh, and I think they would still they would be wise to try and draft in another left back. Still think they could do with another midfielder, you know, a, a goal-scoring midfielder, a creator, and also a striker because you've still only got the two main ones, haven't you? You know, with Edward and Griffiths, and if one of them gets injured, you know, which Edward did. But, for a time last season obviously Griffiths was out for a long spell last season so I think those three key areas are where Celtic need to strengthen do you go along with yeah, that I think Gav? Right. I, mean, I, th- I do actually I think actually Tony's bang on with the kind of striker situation I mean there was a moment there uh, I think I mean Lee Griffiths you've got to remember the amount of time Lee Griffiths was out I mean he's yeah. he's, going to, he's got to be he's got to be given time he got up to speed and there was of course that moment in the game last night where he goes down and you yeah. think oh god this, this looks kind of serious but but importance is Edward I mean if something was to happen to him of course I mean it would it would be stuck yeah they really would be stuck so definitely that area no, that's fair enough so I think we're turning our attentions now at the start of the league season it feels that Celtic have been already involved in a season already with all the European football on the on the calendar but now it's back to Premiership business the chance to go for nine in a row this is really like rare air for Celtic it's big time they're looking to secure history this season and they start against St Johnson at the weekend what's your thoughts Gav what do you think is this are Celtic the favourites for the league are they are they going to, are they get the strong enough team to go and do it again there's no, there's no doubt that they're favourites uh, Graham I mean I think that definitely goes without saying but what probably everyone will agree is that it's going to be the hardest you know it's either going to be in a fight for this title like like none of the other eight that have already won partly because of the pressure that comes with going for nine in a row which makes it difficult to set off uh, but also because Rangers have strengthened and you know even last season they showed in the head to heads that, that they were getting closer so but I think they're still favourites and if you know and also come, you know they've got financial muscle there so if come January they need to go and spend if it's, then they can go and throw a few quid at it so but they're going to have to really be on their game because Rangers will be breathing down their necks but in terms of sadly it's a nice gentle start for them because if you look at St Johnson's bed if they campaign then I don't think anything other than three points um, with I suppose those two suspensions in the central defensive area which we touched on earlier I suppose that's the only kind of cause for concern really for yourself Tony it's uh, turning to the game itself against St Johnson Tommy Knight's been the man who's been able to make it happen but it's really starting to grind a halt now at McDermott Park that's the perfect game for Celtic to start the season isn't it I agree with Gavin you can't see other than three points and again going back to the central defensive situation uh-huh. I think Lennon will be you know not upset but annoyed that he can't play those two but I think he, I think Celtic will go off to a fly you know what I mean and you also look at St Johnston there Betfred Cup uh, group stage didn't go to plan and obviously the whole Stevie May saga as well where they seem to have the player been conflicting messages where a deal looked to be done and then it, it, all of a sudden it was off the table and then Tommy's come out and said you need to speak to other people about it because the player wanted to come here so 
there seems to be a wee bit of unrest there, you know. And but sometimes these can have a galvanising effect and go the other way, and they'll come and Tommy will have them well drilled and well lined up, and and they'll be they'll be stubborn, you know. But I just think Celtic will get their campaign off to a flyer with three points. And you go along with Gav was saying there as well, Celtic are the favourite. They've obviously got the the qualities needed. Do you feel? Do you think so? It was nine points last season. The gap between Celtic and Rangers after the final day of the season. How do you think it'll be? It'll be narrower down the course of this season when the two are fighting for the title. Celtic hold all the issues. This, as Gavin said, if it's close in January, they can. You know, they have that financial muscle to go out and spend and throw money at it. You know, there's no doubt about it that uh, Rangers have to win the league in the next two years to to stop the ten. You know, so and this is going to be their best chance in eight years. You know, so and and, and they're, they're gearing themselves up for a massive tilt at it. Rangers want to win it this year, you know. But I think the the way I think the, I think the way of history will drive Celtic on. You know, not sure if it will weigh Rangers down, but you've got a Celtic team who, by and large, have been over the course and distance. Now, if Rangers do get themselves in front, they're going to have to see that out from the front. You know, and that's hard when the push comes to shove as well. There's a lot of players there that you don't know how going for that title will affect them you know and, and over a course of a season so I think it's all it's stacked heavily in Celtic's favour but make no mistake there is a massive challenge coming from Rangers and Celtic need, need, need to be on their A game the whole season Carry on, yeah, I know it's a cliche but this I know it's a cliche, but the part is going to be really important. Um, the old Firm game coming so early, I think yeah. it's game number four, and the fact that it's at Ibrox, they don't want to open the door early. Sure, eh? Um They don't want to kind of give Rangers any sort of incentive. That's, that's the only thing that might change it, you know? I don't think either side wants to give each other uh, any incentive and, and open the door early, because you you got the feeling that whoever hits the front might not look back. You know, just just the way it's gone in, in the past, you know, and I think Rangers might try and hit the front early, you know, and, and, and do a catches if you can type thing. So I think there's certainly a, a, a challenge and a gauntlet being thrown down by Rangers to Celtic, you know, and as you've, as you've said and just spoke about there, Celtic will need to be on their metal. In, in all of the titles so far, this is the one they're going to have to graft hard for. No, that's a, that's a fair point, Tony. So I think that will do us for today, Gav. I really appreciate you joining us. Safe travels home. Uh, we'll, we'll see you shortly. No see problem, Graham. Thanks as well, Tony. So that's all from us this week. That's all from us this week. We'll be back next week. Uh, and don't forget to subscribe at iTunes and Acast to get the podcast as soon as it's available. And if you liked it, please review it and rate us on there too. Thanks very much for listening.